Greetings, listeners and fellow Star Wars fans. This is your host, Aaron Russo, and you are listening to The Trench Run Report. Here with me are my fellow co-hosts... David Yoda Brooklander, checking in. Uh, Justin Gray, standing by. And also joining us virtually with a pre-recorded uh, input on the episode is Sean McCannelly. Uh, so he is standing by just a little further away than the rest of us. Um, uh, today we're going to be discussing Season 1, Episode 10 of The Bad Batch, entitled Common Ground. So before we get started, just a brief disclaimer, we will be going into full detail. So if you haven't watched the episode we're covering, I would highly recommend that you do so first before you listen to this segment. So give it a, give it a watch if you haven't, and then come back and give us a listen. So to start off uh, today, Justin is going to give us a brief recap of the episode. And after that, we'll kind of go around the circle and we'll give each of our likes and dislikes of the episode. And then maybe do a little uh, final score and uh, some theorizing or, or speculation at the end. So we will start off with Justin and the recap. Okay. On Raxus, which was the seat of the Separatist government during the Clone Wars, the Empire institutes new curfew laws that, with the support of the of the local senator Avi Singh. While addressing the public, Singh speaks out against the Empire instead and is arrested. His protocol droid SG-8 hires Sid to help rescue Singh, and she sends the Bad Batch, who are reluctant to help after fighting against the Separatists in the Clone Wars. M- most, mostly Echo. Omega is left behind due to the multiple bounty hunters that are that were that are targeting her and she wins Sid enough money to pay off the bad batch's debt with the help of GS8 the bad batch rescues Singh and takes him to Sid for payment all right thanks for that uh, recap Justin and we're gonna start off with our likes and dislikes and we will kick that off with David all right um well, I, I actually enjoyed this episode quite a bit. Um, bit of character development on, I think, at all levels with Omega, Hunter, Wrecker, um, other than Crosshair not being in the episode. Um, it was good to see the team kind of get out in action again um, and really f- go up against clone troopers again and seeing even though that they have to face them, they still see them as brothers. Um, which I think is evident <clears throat> with the fact that once they get into the firefight, they st- their weapons are on stun mode, while the clones are shoot to kill. Um, couple, yeah, there are a couple funny th- parts throughout that <clears throat> that shootout, but I think too it showed a lot of evidence in how superior the Bad Batch is with their enhancements. Um, the fact that they can be stealthy, they can sneak into places, they can be loud and proud and start blowing stuff up so it was re- i thought it was really cool to see them take on different aspects of their roles um and the fact that even wrecker was being sneaky as they were going about the place um i will say i'll, I'll just go off onto a little rabbit trail with this episode i feel took off took a lot of info from the legends rise of darth vader book with the senator rescue um now granted it was a separatist senator rather than a 
Republic senator. Um, but it had this same kind of vibe for me, um, except there was no rogue Jedi and no Darth Vader chasing them throughout throughout a palace. Um, but I feel like they kind of pulled nuggets out of Legends for that. Um, but other than that, it was I thought it was a great episode. Um, not too much to dislike, and it was it was cool to see uh, Omega trying to kind of step up and do more to be more helpful, even though that she couldn't go on the mission. She wanted to be help in other aspects, which I think is going to play into more as the season goes along. Okay. Justin, likes and dislikes for episode 10. Hmm. Well, kind of like David, I don't really have a whole lot of dislikes, but I do. But if I really extremely had to nitpick, uh, for the dislike is that it does kind of feel like it's very much toned back from the um, previous episodes as far as like importance. But then again, I feel like these characters are strong enough to hold a story to keep my interest. Basically enough to hold up on their own so that like the story doesn't feel like it's like a waste of time. Or like, oh, this is like a super uh, filler. Which, if you like really look at the episode, it kind of it kind of is a filler in its in its own way but at the same time it's like it's still a story you want to hear it's not going to like um it's not like a suit it's not like super far fetched mm-hmm. it's like being a part of this like series so there's that um i i kind of found and i've really found it interesting that like most of the bad batch crew was like uh, super uh, okay with like they didn't really outside of uh, mostly Echo and slightly Hunter uh, Tech like kind of put like the fact that they were rescuing a Separatist like aside so easily was kind of interesting to me well and I don't think Grecker really said too much about it either if I recall the episode but yeah I, I just kind of found it weird that Tech was like uh the fact that this is a separatist is kind of irrelevant and like echoes like, no, it's not. But to be fair, if you like, uh, if you've seen the stuff that echo has seen and like know what they did to him, Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I can definitely see his side of it. So it's not so like his bias against the separatist is not like not unwarranted. It is very warranted. Um, but, um, at the end of the episode, I feel like he does see a new light to it in a way that, um, that it's a little more, uh, grayish instead of black and white, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm super glad that they kind of gave that, uh, story to echo. Cause like, as far as the series goes, like he, he was kind of put on the sidelines a lot and wasn't really given like a. A good time to be focused on but um yeah I'm, I'm just super happy that we do got a got a echo centered episode um and i also like the um talks that omega and sid have and like you and, and it's kind of cute how uh like sid like she, like we all know sid's like the rough tough uh no nonsense character and like and she she also and it's 
and like sometimes like her comfort isn't exactly comfort and then that's kind of cool how like she kind of tries to backtrack that in the episode two and uh so yeah um uh yeah that's uh, pretty much it for me i mean overall very enjoyable episode um not not much bad to say about it all right I, I did think it was interesting as you were mentioning that it is interesting it did i didn't think about the contract I, I i picked up on echo like it made sense for echo initially to be like we're doing what like you know it's like it would be like a it was almost like you could almost make the comparison it would be like a you know it would be like so someone from the you know internment Japanese internment camps and like having to go back and help you know the people who lock them up or or someone who was victimized by the Nazis to have to because he was like literally like I mean they they tortured him and like mm-hmm. <laughs> they turned him into like a half human cyborg yeah, yeah like I mean that was terrible and like on the one hand you have the Empire. What I liked about this was how you, they showed the Empire like asserting themselves so quickly, like we've been seeing all season. Like the Empire is just like they're just on it. Like soon as the war's over, okay, it's it's the Empire now. We're in control, and we're it's very it's very over the top. They don't try to hide it. You know, it's just like they show up at and at the Separatist capital, and they're like, we're in charge now. We're here to occupy, um, and I I love I love seeing that like seeing that I like how they opened with that scene as it kind of set up the episode like and and just thinking about like you know like it is interesting to think about like you think about like in the real world right like you you have World War One and World War Two you know both times we were like mortal enemies with the Germans and now we go to Germany all the time like we, don't, we don't, it's like mm-hmm. it's like. You know, it's like one day you're at war and then the next day you're not. And like, it's like, what then? <laughs> they, they get their own uh, spot in, uh, in uh, they get their own section in Disneyland Epcot now. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. It's, there was a, there was a, there was a story about, like, I'm sure you guys have heard this story about the Japanese soldiers who were like on an island somewhere. And they didn't ever get the notice that the war was over. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and so they were like, still thinking they were at war. And yeah, some, like twenty and some odd years later, like some crazy amount of time. I don't know how long it was, but like, it was like it kind of. That, that's what kind of I was thinking. Like the Bad Batch. It's like they they know the war is over, right? But there's still that sense of like, well, I, what does that mean? Like, we're supposed to go help the separatists, like. And I loved that they showed that, like how it was like it was confusing to them, and they're like. Well, wait, but that's our enemy. Oh, well, wait, but there isn't actually a separatist. There are no separatists anymore because that's that war's over. They lost, and that's just the empire. So, like, it's so interesting just to show that I, I, like, that's it's very similar parallel with like the you know the empire and the clone troopers versus the stormtroopers, right? Like, like the, the 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 ambiguity of that transition. So, I really like that backdrop, and I I feel like I wish they would even. Sh- dealt with that a little bit more like they, i mean they gave voice to the fact that that was weird for them to go and rescue a separatist senator um but i feel like they could have explored that even more and maybe given echo even more room to like 
vent his reservations and like, do you know, you know what they did to me? Like, I'm not, yeah. Um, um, because I think that was really a central part of the episode, right? It's like they, they're going to rescue someone on the, like the capital planet of their enemy from like a few weeks back. <laughs> and I thought that was it's really, like we were fighting you just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Like now I'm here rescuing you and I'm, I'm shooting at my former fellow troops. Like it's just all very confusing. Right. And like, I totally picked, I love the, the whole thing where they just, everything was on stun for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that somehow it seems like as soon as a clone trooper or anybody becomes a soldier for the empire, they can't shoot the side of a barn. Like, <laughs> like there were so many scenes that maybe this was a slight dislike. There was so many scenes where like the bad batch was like so severely outnumbered and none of them got hit by any shots and they could just like run, like have these like face to face, like moments or like running through a crowd and like they just nailed them, plucked everybody off and nobody got hit, but such a star Wars. But, um, so I really enjoyed that backdrop. I also really liked, um, I, I, I'm really, I'm not sure how I feel about Sid, but she's hilarious. Like, oh, she's I just, awesome. I thought, Hey, goggles and headband or bandana. He Dark calls, and broody. She called Hunter bandana. <laughs> like, like, I just yeah, think she's off. And the and like the fact that she's actually being voiced by the actress who was the one of the bartenders on Cheers is just kind of in the back of my head all the time. Like for, that's my generation's like one of the biggest sitcoms was Cheers. And like even the two aliens who are always there kind of like are stand-ins for like for Cliff and Norm, who were like the two guys who were always at the bar oh, together. Yeah, I, 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 never, like, I never put that comparison together, but now, I, now like, I see it. I feel like that's kind of like what they're going for. Although I've also noticed that they're almost always the only two customers in her establishment. Yeah, and they, yep. they never seem to be drinking, only gambling. So obviously, like I don't think Sid is actually her. Her establishment is a front for her real. Like you know, she doesn't make a living from like you know. Um, but yeah, I like Sid, I, and I thought it was really interesting the like the whole thing with like Omega being left behind and how that how like Hunter did that and like why did he do that and like there was some conflict within the batch about whether that was a good idea. I think a record kind of expressed at the end that he didn't like that and mm-hmm. that that when he kind of bumped into him, um, and I think that I think that. Um, I think that I think we got a pretty good setup at the end of the episode that right because now their their debt is paid to Sid, so I think we're done. I think that's gonna that part of the story is gonna end. Um, I don't think they're gonna do any more jobs for her, or maybe they'll have like one last job. Um, I think if I have, if I if I do have a dislike, it was that this started to feel like the the episodes where they do a job for Sid are getting a little too cookie cutter, like. You start out with like a little intro and then there's like a little scene in the in Sid's place where she basically just tells them you're doing a job. It doesn't matter if you want to or not. And mm-hmm. then they go, well, no. Well, OK. And then they go do the job and then they come back and Sid's like, you know, back to being Sid. And I thought, I mean, other than they, you know, made it a little bit different with Omega staying behind. But I think that was I, I think I've had enough of that, like very specific model for the episodes um and i guess so omega is good at strategy was the whole point of her storyline like she's like a prodigy at 
at Dejeric and that's interesting. I, I don't know if we're going to find out who won. Do you think she can beat Hunter? Like they sit down to play know. and then they cut the episode. I don't know if that's because like Hunter would be like, I would think he would be really good. So if he beat, if she beats him at it, it might be something that we just have to find out yeah who like who won or whatever without actually seeing it well he made it sound like that if she could beat him that that was going to have some consequence in in the real world like mm-hmm. she wouldn't be left out yeah so i guess so, yeah. well no that was if maybe the episode if she will, won maybe next episode will start with hunter going they lost or something <laughs> um dig ferrick what's that <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> i th- oh. i think that's the only the only complaint i have is that i even though I don't feel like it was a filler episode, um, because even though the mission that they were on is pretty self-contained, I do think that it it fed into like the character, the characters that they're developing, and the backdrop of the end of the war and some of the confusion for them in light of that. Um, but yeah, definitely less more filler than like the previous three or four episodes. So, but yeah, overall. Not too much bad about it, but like this was definitely one of my lesser, lesser favorite uh, episodes so far. We did learn something important: the ATTEs can climb over each other. Over each other, apparently, yes. That was that was actually it was interesting to have like a chase scene with slow, <laughs> with slow walking tanks. It's like, it's like, go after them, okay? <laughs> I did pick up on a few. Um, uh very specific sound effects like you had that um that one alarm horn mm-hmm. from rogue one and from it's been in star wars yeah. a million times yeah and there was even some sound effects from the at ATATs, like some of the sound effects that they use with the at the, the same vehicles um and i love i just love the the way that um this show and clone wars too but this show specifically like just those little things that make you feel like you're in Star Wars. I appreciate that. And, I, and and knowing that they they take the time to like put those same sounds in there or put this, you know, small little little cues that just, you know, trigger our, oh, yeah, yeah oh, yeah. It's, I think that's cool. Um, all right. So now, like we mentioned before, uh, one of our co-hosts, Sean McCannelly, is not here with us tonight, but we are going to listen in on his pre-recorded likes and dislikes for the episode and then we'll get to some of our final ratings and speculation hey sean here with some quick thoughts on the latest episode of the bad batch um i really liked it i thought it was a you know side adventure um but you know i still just really enjoyed it it, it was out of place in the sense that this could have happened anytime before the the last couple episodes um and it kind of would have fit i think um, so in that sense, it didn't really advance the main plot other than, I guess, them getting out of debt, um, it frees them up for other things. Um, but I had some good, I don't know. I always like a good infiltration, exfiltration mission. It was very Metal Gear Solid feeling. Um, I like the ATTE walkers a lot. I always have. I loved when, you know, Captain Rex and his friends, you know, turned one into a tree house basically, um, or like a, like a whaler. <laughs> they were hunting those creatures, um, in rebels. So I, I, those things are really cool. And I think, um, you can tell how they like, 
started with the AT-AT walker conceptually and then we're like okay well what if that's version two of this walker what would version one look like and it was the six-legged uh, walker from the clone wars that they came up with which in my opinion is probably even more practical because like a full AT-AT walker is just so tall that like it has to like i guess get down like a camel for anyone to get on or off of it versus the AT-TE walker is more like a turtle or something and it kind of just scoots down a little bit to get people on and off but um anyway i i liked it i liked the planet the setting um it was kind of a neat planet it reminded me of naboo in the palace grounds and kind of a similar vibe of when you know they in episode one when they kind of had to sneak back into the palace um it was kind of like that a little bit um the droid i feel like the droid the the person voicing the droid that was helping them was the same as the lady who was um the the droid from solo maybe i was just mistaken but it sounded pretty similar um similar sound of a voice um but i thought it was funny i i totally as soon as they bumped that vase and kept making fun of it um or kept referencing that vase i'm like that vase is getting destroyed and sure enough it was <laughs> and then he said he didn't even like it anyway but the uh the senator guy just he looked like he had like the british raj kind of look to him from like imperial india um with like i love how he just kept the monocle the whole time like he never lost that monocle <laughs> um and kept his dignity the whole time right um through this whole battle but um you know i think omega had some good character development she's um they're obviously showing her as she has a really good intellect so she's quick to learn highly cognitive functions uh very quick learner very quick at things very strategic like she said she's just really good at strategy um so she was good at that like chess game that um, we keep seeing throughout the series um i don't know what i forgot what it's called but i really um i don't know i just like this episode overall i think it was good for character development and just good action um it was interesting that the bad batch was using stun mode the whole time against the clones um so probably just just out of a sense of uh, reverence or brotherhood or whatever like these are their former brothers basically mostly at this point still um they're still just clones um so they're using stun mode which i thought was interesting um but yeah overall you know i'd give this episode like a seven ish um it wouldn't i wouldn't skip it because i like i liked it enough to watch it over again in a rewatch um yeah but it's not in the top five for me yet um or not top three top five so um that's all i have to say thanks all right, so let's move on with more ratings, uh, kind of final thoughts and ratings for the, sh- the episode, and we'll start with Justin. Okay, well, I will give this episode a uh, 7.9. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 7.9 out of 10. Um, you know you can round numbers up. That's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I've... I- but like I feel like when I when I do ratings that like when I put it like with like an actual decimal like because like sometimes like when I say like a uh, like a seven like a seven out of ten like sometimes it'll be like a high seven or a low seven. There's kind of like a in between like an in between. Okay. Uh, when I do those ratings, like uh, like um, when I did like the rating for like solo, I did I did like a um, six point eight out of uh, 10 for that because like i still had fun with it but it did kind of feel a bit um uh like uh, different from like what, what like it wasn't as like good as like the um sequel trilogy in my opinion and it wasn't as like i didn't have like as much problems with it as rogue one but um so that yeah that's kind of why i do like the decimal ratings um 
So um, to get myself back on track. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed the episode. Um, I really couldn't put it like I couldn't get get myself to um, put and put it as an eight out of ten because um, it was it did feel somewhat like a like a side quest, but like it wasn't super like off track that it didn't need to be told. Really did enjoy like Echo's um, arc in this one. Um, I liked the interactions between Omega and Sid. Um, and, and like Sean said, I wouldn't skip this one either. All right. David. I'd, I'd, I'm probably going to have to go with kind of what Sean was saying. Probably like a seven. Good action, good storytelling. Um, had a little bit of legends in it. Uh, um, oh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, Sean mentioned uh, the Senator's... Um, Monocle. Monocle. I think it's actually like a heads-up display type thing. Because on the side of his head, he's got almost like a little projector. So I think it's just projected in front of his eye. I'd have to rewatch it, but I I think that's the, what the, it is. That it isn't actually a monocle? So no. It's, like it's not a, phys- a It's not a physical thing. Correct. Oh, I did not pick hmm. up on that. Because he doesn't have it also <clears throat> when he's got his hat off when he's being interrogated. But as soon as he puts his hat back, the droid gives him his hat back, it's right back in front of his eye. Ah, oh, okay. Little Easter egg nugget right there. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Very perceptive. So 7 out of 10? 7 out of 10. I'm right there with you. 7 out of 10 for me. Solid 7. 7.0. 7.0 out of 10. All right. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting. I think I think that... Um, so I used to, it used to be a... I used to be a school teacher, so I'm always thinking about things in terms of like seven out of ten would be like a, a C, right? Which is like it passes, right? But it's not A or B tier. But it's not to me a D is like this is almost like, failing. Get it out of here. Yeah, like Seems and I think what degrees. What I think is really interesting. Like I feel like at this point with this series, like, and I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched Clone Wars in a little while, but like. I feel like there's more episodes in Clone Wars where I was like, ooh, that's below a seven. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I haven't felt that way yet, I don't think, with this this series, maybe. Um, I feel like they do a really good job of bringing some... I mean, there's obviously, you know, like, episodes prior to this one that were much less fillery and much less side mission. So there are differences there, but they still seem to manage to keep the story going character development like um the backdrop again of like of the 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 end of the war and the empire rising to power is all very interesting to me like i love the that feeling that like all these galactic events that we're familiar with are happening in the background is cool but um but yeah but seven out of ten like i mean definitely this episode i mean if you missed it probably wouldn't be that big a deal except for the fact that omega wipes out their debt with sid which I think was probably actually one of the most important things that happened in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, seven out of ten. It was a, it was pass. It passes muster. Um, uh, but I'm looking forward to getting to the meat of the of the end of the story. So um, along those lines, then, uh, what are our speculations and theories that we might have for this episode, Justin? You're, you look like you're going to say something either really, really 
brilliant or super silly? <laughs> what are you going to say? Spit I, it out, man. We want to know. <laughs> I think Sid's going to die. Wow. That's pushing it. <laughs> Blunt. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah. Justify that for us a little bit. Why do you I think will. Sid's going to die? Um, well, I feel like they're like making her an interesting enough character um for the bad batch crew including omega that if she was killed off it would kind of like kind of she'd be kind of like their phil colson in a way and um and i don't want and uh i think maybe crosshair might do it because uh, like he actually they actually find out like uh, and this is like just me like spitting out the idea that like the Bad Batch kind of run, like, have their luck run out as far as hiding, and they kind of figure out that they've been, like, on, like, they're being sent on missions uh, from Sid, and then they track down Sid, and then she won't, she won't give up their location, and then Crosshair would be like, all right, fine, off. Hmm. And then, uh, then the Bad Batch crew would return to Sid's place and then find her gone. They're like, oh, uh, well... We're we're screwed. So, but okay. then, then again, it would kind of put the bad batch like into an interesting predicament. It would be more so they'd be kind of wondering the question like, now what after, not only after the war, but even more so after like losing like their only uh, purpose for like the whole story as uh, as of uh, uh, this point as well. Interesting. I can see that happening. So, huh. I, I, I was actually thinking the more along the lines of Sid becoming like Sid is one of those classic characters who like she's kind of like a pocket knife. It's like she's a, like or like a like a what is it? What are those things? called? Swiss Army knife? No, no, no. Switchblades? No. Leatherman? Yeah. Like, like she's like she's like the person that you can like she's always got like some little thing that she can do to like fix the problem like she's got a connection or she's got a you know or whatever and i i feel like she has the potential to be like this character that can just kind of be you know, like every time you forget about her she comes back into the story and has some important role to play um i think she's one of those characters that's like trying to, she's 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 neutral Right, like she's very objective. Like she doesn't really care who gets what job she's doing. Like she's she's pretty neutral, but maybe she's going to be forced in some ways to to take sides, um, or maybe she'll stay ambiguous. But um, yeah, I never would have thought I never would have thought to see her die by the end of the series, or by the season end of the season. Um, that would be interesting. Um, yeah, disclaimer: that's not what I want. But yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think Sid I think Sid is someone that knowing now that we know we we're getting a season two, I just think she has Are we getting a season two? Yes, there's two seasons. Oh, oh okay. There goes my yeah. theory of everyone getting yeah. plopped. Well we oh, can talk right. about that in our speculation here because that's that's a definitely changes a little bit of my perspective on things. But um David, do you have any particular uh speculations or theories you want to throw out there well since i just found out my whole theory of everyone getting knocked off by vader is ruined (laughs) (laughs) well all the bad batch you mean yes right 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 um honestly i don't have anything the show's at a point where it could go 
any direction. I still think we're going to get Vader. I still think some of the Bad Batch are going to die. Um, I would, I'd, I'd still think all of them. But if we're getting a season two, that's obviously not going to happen. Um, what I could see happening by season end is <clears throat> it's just Hunter and Omega left after rescuing Crosshair, facing Vader, Boba, whoever, whoever the ultimate villain at this point would be that they'll insert in. Um, cause she, he's real Hunter. You can see Hunter's almost becoming like that father figure. So I feel like if anyone in the bad batch is going to survive, it's going to be him. Yeah. Other than that, I don't really have much. They set up this episode so well where it's kind of really hard to pick a direction it could go. Yeah, I think I think um, if we stick to like, well, I think I was mentioning this last week. If we stick to what we know, if I think we can safely eliminate unless they just, I think I feel like because they made such a point of saying that Omega is an unaltered clone of Jango Fett. I feel like the force sensitive thing is out. I'd agree. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Um, so then that leaves, leaves you with like, okay, so what, like, I feel like this, like, so the bad batch, whether any of them die or not, I think that there's obviously this is the the name of the show is the bad batch, right? So like most of them, if not all of them are going to survive season one because then you don't have the bad batch story to tell. Um, uh, but with Omega, it's like, I just, I'm so, like, like, what is going to happen with her? Assuming that she, you know, I, I mean, I think we can safely assume that uh, the Kaminoan plan to extract samples of her and then kill her isn't going to happen. Um, so she's going to survive the season, we would, I would assume. And so if she does survive... Right. Like, what does that what does that look like? What is that? You know, if she survives this season and the Empire wipes out the Kaminoans and they're not there to pursue her anymore, like, what is the story going forward? Right. Like, what is the Bad Batch's role? And I think maybe a speculation question to ask is, do we think do you guys think that the Bad Batch joined the rebellion by the end of season one? I'll let you answer first, Justin. Because that question was raised before, like right, like how they were like, Rex asked them to go, they say no, but then they're like, why aren't we? Do do the Bad Batch or parts of the Bad Batch join the rebellion? Hmm. So there's something so interesting fact. I actually did a uh, uh, a poll on Twitter um, uh, under the Trench Run Report. Um, uh, account and I asked like what do you think is gonna happen for the future of the Bad Batch and like I gave them a lot of options I said do you think they all die on Camino uh, or uh, I even threw out your theory about um, pickled Omega <laughs> which nobody nobody clicked on and I felt so bad shocking um, shocking but and like one of them I kind of came up that. One of the um, options that I also threw out there was, do they join the rebellion? And I think that one had like a forty percent uh, uh, um, poll on that. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, me personally, I don't know. 
I, I really don't think so, because I feel like if the Bad Batch were a part of the Rebellion, it would have been more of a um, something that would have uh, like been in like the Rebellion's history, I guess. But then again, it's like we're going into like uncharted territory as far as like Star Wars stories go, unless you're counting Legends. Um, but I'm thinking of the legend stuff. My mind's going through like a catalog of possibilities mm-hmm. from legends. Your mind? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think it's I, I, I tend to think that they will join the rebellion only because I don't know how long they can tell a story where they're like, Well, we're not sure and we're kind of confused about what to do and like I don't know how long they can stay in that space and justify just being in this in-between space i feel like unless they're not tied to the like official rebellion kind of like what happened to saw Guerrera, maybe well i mean that then i mean if he if they joined yeah i don't know any kind of any branch of any imperial resistance Mm -hmm. i mean i i think obviously uh, we don't expect them to decide to go with the empire um so they would either have to stay neutral which it's possible they could just stay in this limbo space where they're kind of just i don't know i would hate it if it's just like they just do jobs for sid for two seasons <laughs> I, like, no, no. I feel like i feel like there's a really interesting storyline there if like they join the rebellion and like and then and then maybe by the end of season one like they join the rebellion and all the clones are gone except them mm. and then they are fighting for the rebellion and all their brothers have been replaced and they are very much like this, just like a throwback to something that's gone. Um, Cause I think that's probably, we all agree that that's most like, we, well, we know the clones don't stay in service and that the Kaminoans are not going to be successful in securing the Imperials business. Mm-hmm. So yep. the clones are going to be, there's going to be a, an end to that. I think in this season, um, I don't see, I honestly don't think they'll join the rebellion. I think they'll they might end up with Rex, um, and working with him, and then they either die or break up, fall apart, whatever. When they go to rescue uh, Gregor and Wolf, because mm. th- there's also that ant- or the question of what happens to Rex between. Now in Rebels, when he's with Wolf and Gregor. Mm-hmm. So that, I almost see like that could be more likely avenue than but just joining the Rebellion. Rex was fighting on Endor, so... Yeah, but that, that was before Rebels. Or, I mean, after Rebels. Right. Mm-hmm. But he, well, do we know what Rex is doing during that time period? Before Endor? Like, or like before like Rebels. Between, between now and when we see him in Rebels. It's, uh, it's no. a blank slate at this point. Blank slate, right. There's nothing as far as comics or novels right. with from New Legends. So, or the new canon, excuse me. But so so where what are we and I'm genuinely I just want like what are we, like I was getting the impression that I got the impression that he was already involved. He was involved with um the, the Martez sisters who were clearly involved with Ahsoka. We know that Ahsoka gets involved with the rebellion. Um, 
I thought it was kind of implied that Rex is already connected to some of these people in the rebellion. But that did you not? Did I, you no, I, I don't think so. Because the main rebellion is formed by Mon Mothma and Bail Organa, and I don't. Right. <clears throat> but so, I mean, so where, where what is he doing then? That he asks them to join. Well, because he asked them come with me to do what I'm doing. What is if he anything, about? he might be working with Saw Gerrera because they do have a past. Yeah, and yep. he's just more of like a a rebel cell, not an actual part of the Rebel Alliance. And, and plus, I feel like maybe. Rex is going off to find Gregor or Wolf at that point too. Um, that that is a possibility. I as can well. see I can see Dave Filoni being like, "All right, so this is where they are in Rebels. Here he is now. Might as well just let's answer that question. Mm-hmm. How how did they end up with an ATTE and a desert planet hunting Jupas? Jupas. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that's going to get retconned personally, but. Not not in the sense that it didn't happen, mm-hmm. but I feel like I don't think they had Bad Batch in mind when they did that episode. Oh no, no, they did not. <laughs> and I think that they were just implying. I I got the, it implied to me that 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 more or less after after the Clone Wars that Rex and those guys just kind of never really did anything of of significance. Mm-hmm. They just found their way completely out of out of options. Yeah, and then they were just like kind of desert sand beach bums like <laughs> i'll go i'll go I'll, I'll just for the sake of keeping it interesting i'll stick i'll stick to my, my position they do end up with some on some kind of involved with some kind of resistance or or rebellion or whatever you want to call it that's going on right now like the beginnings of that um i just don't know if i see them staying just in this neutral space indefinitely yeah, it's, it's got to got to lean one one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, because if they're not going to join the empire, then they, and I just feel like we've had too, we've had too many, too many things where it's like where it's implied like you're going to have to choose a side. Yep, and we know. Um, I was listening to I don't remember who it was, but most of the trailer clips we've been through. Yeah. The, the only one that comes to mind that we haven't seen is where Tarkin goes. I want. Clone Force 99 found found out or found and terminated or hunted down and destroyed. Hmm. As far as I know, that's the only thing we haven't seen yet. And th- and that's from like the recent uh um trailer. Trailer. Okay. All right, one last question to kind of get things get things uh generated here. All right, tickle our minds. Who <laughs> Okay, that was Ooh. dumb. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who do you think is most likely to die other than Sid (laughs) by the end of this season which main character do you think is most likely to not survive season one now that we know that there's a season two right um, I can see I can see Wrecker and Hunter surviving, although Wrecker could be get or sustain heavy heavy injury. Okay. 
So um, you just said who survived. Yes. I can <laughs> who, see. I can... Who dies is what I asked. Oh, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> who Who's most likely to end up dead Oh, by the end of season one? Crosshair and Echo. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I was going to go with either Tech or Gronky. <laughs> <laughs> Gronky, I think we can safely would be say would be outside the main <coughs> character sphere that we were talking about. Well, he, well, he is on the uh, he only is on the ship, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but like serious, like uh, to bring it back into the uh, serious uh, answer, I think Tech uh, hasn't really uh, um, brought a lot of emotion into the Bad Batch, and I and. The, and I get that's kind of a part of his character that like his responses do not come out of a place of emotion. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I do feel like that, like, like his death wouldn't be as heavy as a blow as like records would or hunters or, and like fans really, uh, um, like no echo, um, from the clone wars, so like if he, if Echo did die, the emotional side would be the b- driven by the fact that we uh, know him from the Clone Wars. We've seen him from uh, uh, Cadet to uh, where he is now, um, but um, Tech doesn't have any of those luxuries. Um, and like Crosshair's death would also be like from like either redemption or. Uh, the sad fact that he never was able to turn. So there is an emotion in that, but there is like basically no emotion if if Tech dies. So that that's kind of wh- why I would say Tech and Gronky. I just think would die because droids, you know. <laughs> I think Gronk survives, but oh, or Gonk, I should say. Gonk, Gronk is the football Gronk. player, right? Yeah. Um, for me, I would say I think. So based on the fact that we get what we found out about the composer saying that when he was doing the score for the last episode that he was crying, crying, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and assume that that means that he wasn't crying just because of the some tragic end to the clone army, because I think we we're gonna get that. So I'm guessing that that means that a, a main character dies or somebody dies, um, and. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give a serious prediction and then a crazy one. So my prediction is Crosshair. I think Crosshair dies in a redemptive way, um, and I think he does get like deprogrammed, um, and then when he's out, off the inhibitor chip, he makes a decision to rescue. To, he makes a decision that costs him his life that saves his his comrades one last time. I think that's the most likely. I think that would be incredibly sad, um, and it would be very powerful, and it would be a really interesting launching point, and would keep the rest of the Bad Batch alive for whatever's going to happen forward. Here's my crazier one: Omega dies saving Crosshair. I could see that going Shoot. either way. <laughs> Un- unlikely, just because I feel like if this is a season two, I, think, I don't know. I don't know how you do a season two without Omega. Um, but damn, that would be sad. <laughs> like, like if Omega ended up dying to, to save Cross, because she has a soft spot for him, right? She's like, and 
she's very sympathetic to him. And I think it would be really interesting if like Omega died and Crosshair survives and that that's part of their story going forward. But hmm. Unlikely, because I think Omega's here to stay, but it would be an interesting storyline. Interesting. Assuming she doesn't end up in a jar pickled on the way to Exegol. <laughs> no, we could still there in the back of my mind. I don't know. We could get them on Camino and Palpatine's there with a jar. He goes, "Come here, my dear. Jump in the pickle jar. We'll save you for later." I will say this. I feel like I feel like knowing that there's a season two, and the way the story's gone so far. They've made it. I think they've done it. It's like, I really don't know what to. Other than the only thing we know for sure is that I'm assuming we know that the clones don't continue to be the main military. So I'm assuming that we get that in this season. But that's the only thing I can say really with confidence at this point that we know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to like. Does anybody die? Do they all die? I don't think they all die at this season two. But then if there's a season two. Maybe none of them die because they're the bad batch. And if you, you know, if you take one of them out of the picture permanently, then it's like they've already diminished the bad batch by one, which is why maybe Omega dying makes sense. But I don't know. Hmm. Maybe, well, Luke would be a little young. We could do do another. Luke shows up and takes Omega, but that's a wrong timeline. He he throws uh, um, blue milk at the uh, clone troopers. Like, yeah, he would. He would be a. He'd be like a baby. Yeah. Yeah. He, yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, so, he's, so, so, so blue milk. So blue milk. Living the high life. Blue lightsaber. All right. Well, that uh, wraps it up. Unless you guys have any other uh, last-minute comments or con- questions or concerns. I actually, I, I think they're gonna go your route with Crosshair. Where he's gonna die. Yeah. And it's gonna be, we'll get a hallway scene with Vader. And he, he's <laughs> another hallway another scene. hallway scene. He he has oh, his. Oh, so you think Crosshair dies at Vader's hands? Yes, and rescuing the Bad Batch. I think oh. I think Echo was gonna die, um, in that fight, because the door, like now, Camino has like their their fancy doors or whatever. Like the only way they can get away from Vader is to shut all the shut the doors or whatever, then hightail it to a their ship but the doors won't close and echo has the enhancement where he can override controls and the controls are on the side of the door where crosshair is facing vader so So he has to shut the door on themselves so echo and crosshair die at vader's hands vader's hands rescuing the rest of the bad batch okay and i think crosshair might even land a shot or two on vader I, I think I think that they have made Crosshair Crosshair's like almost has like some Vadery kind of aspect to him. Yeah, like he's pretty dark, and he's cr- I mean like he's cruel and very like like the, ever since that scene where he's like aim for the kid, it's like whoa, like mm-hmm. or where he's chasing like he wants to. He's like he's not like. Ah, should I chase these guys? Should I kill these people? She's like, he's like, he's like out for blood. You like, want to know what would even make it really emotional? Is 
if Vader recognizes him, since he was since Anakin was with them to rescue Echo. Invader mm. said. Oh, 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 in Clone Wars season seven. Yes. Oh, Invader yeah, 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 yeah. says something <laughs> as a way to taunt them or whatever. I I don't know. Dang, I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. That that just popped in that my he head. He would know them at, at yeah yeah he would know who that was. Or maybe Crosshair lands yeah. a shot that knocks the helmet off, and then Echo sees the face. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I think I think we're I think we're gonna get an an epic last episode or two. I think it's gonna be very similar to the first two episodes. It's gonna be like epic timeline stuff. If like, we could each if it's like a part two season finale, that's an hour long each. Right. Do the I think I think that, that'd be so, awesome. The idea of seeing the end of the clone army, that's huge. Mm-hmm. like that that uh, i think that alone could be um, emotional enough to bring people to tears like it could be that that's what he was talking about that the composer was talking about was just like like if you think about it from the from the perspective of from attack of the clones through the entire like the concept that we would get to we would get an episode that more or less shows us the end of the clone army that would be pretty epically sad and tragic. I, I don't. I don't think they'll go there. You don't think so? I don't think so. Not yet. Because the, the, yeah, the empire's too new, and at this point, they're still working on their uh, recruit recruitments, training. Um. I I can see them going that route and making that final decision. Um, but I don't think they'll like eliminate the clone army. So you think that you think that this season will end with the clones still the primary? Yep, military? primary. Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. I think I yeah. I I think I I was functioning on the assumption that that's probably not going to be the case. If they, now if they did if they were to do like a time jump and now the recruitments are in stormtrooper the actual stormtroopers that we get who are like recruits from the galaxy, then they have that full forced army of humans not clones then i could see them going that route i feel like they 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 kind of have set them set it up where they could do that just because of how fast the empire like not that it makes sense i think they did it too quickly but like the empire is like instantly in power like everything the empire does like there's no really visible transition it's just like the currency's changed security on every planet is in place um the like the way that ships are identified everything is like instant it's like instant imperial so i guess they could do that and it wouldn't be inconsistent with the pace of the empire's rise but oh, well, well when when did the beginning of rogue one take place like as far as like how far it was from uh return of the i mean uh revenge of the sith i think so i think it was like 19. it wasn't wasn't too far Rogue One, yeah, like the beginning, like where uh, um, they uh, go go and pick up Galen or so, and like well, the Death be, Troopers would were that would still... be way after Revenge of the Sith, because that leads right up to or oh because oh the movie okay, ends okay. with Episode yeah. Four and Jin is about five or six. Okay, 
And then by the time we hit Rogue One, she's... Well, I mean, it could be maybe 10 or 15 years. Maybe. How, how old do you... Th- is there any confirmation on how old uh, Jyn Erso is at the beginning of Rogue One? I'm sure there uh, is. Because she's yeah, not... Yeah. She's actually not born until after the Clone Wars. Cause that, the, is, that is correct. Cause they... the, de- uh, the Death Star novel, that, that goes into detail. Um, and I don't believe... It's like just at the end, near the end of the Clone Wars, or just after the Clone War, where she's she's born. Oh, it's definitely after because she's when she's a small child. Okay, she's she was, with Sagarera. <clears throat> okay, so Jyn Erso was twenty one in Rogue One. So and at the but at the beginning of the movie, she's like a toddler, or she's like she. I think she's like. Eight years old. Eight years Eight. old? Is that mm-hmm. what it says? Yep. Okay, okay, so she she was born during the Clone War, but it was in the last year. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Because Jin Erso was on a planet doing um energy research. Um It's been a while since I've listened to that book, but he ends up getting I thought that was all under the Empire. No, 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 no. No. He 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 does a lot of stuff during the Clone War. He ends up like the facility he's on ends up getting captured by I think it's like a local government or something like that. Is that mm-hmm. a catalyst? No, it's uh the Death Star novel. I'll, I'll look it up as I talk. Are we talking um, legends here? Or? No, no. It, it, it's canon. Death Star novel. Yeah, let me what? look it up. But he ends up being the facility ends up getting captured not by the separatists but like a government militia or whatever and they split him in um Krennic? no what's uh Jyn Erso or Erso's wife oh uh why am I blanking Elaine no Lyra Lyra right she's pregnant when they split her up from Galen um, kind of like an incentive, like we have your wife, and she's pregnant at this time. So they basically hold her to keep him there to work. Um, this is and during the Clone Wars. Yes, and then sh- she gives birth while they're still captive. Then Krennic rescues them. Then they they go to like a different facility for a while, and then they're actually attacked by the separatists. CIS, and during that attack, they're almost killed, and the droids are Anakin, dub, newly dubbed Darth Vader, shuts the droids down. So she's no more than two at the end, of, at the very end of the Clone War. I'm trying to find it. I'm still so trying to find it. How old is she in Catalyst? What is this Death Star novel? I never even heard of it. I'm, I'm looking it up. Uh. Because Catalyst, which is the prequel novel to Rogue One, mm-hmm. it, maybe, not... maybe it is Cal. Is it? Yeah, it is Catalyst. That R- takes Ro- place during during Clone Wars. I'm trying to pull it up without it playing. This is what. Nope. Um... I need to do my research. Yeah, I still need to read it. I'll, I, I only heard like bits and pieces of the story. During, so I thought that's, that was entirely during the Imperial. Trying to pull up the description. Long time ago, a 
So is it like the narrator for from Plagueis? Uh, I think it is. Oh, does he like mispronounce everything else? <laughs> How did we get on this tangent, by the way? I, I don't remember. <sighs> maybe it was me, like, like mentioning Jin Jin's age. Well, we were talking I'm about crosshair that... dying. Yeah. And then we were talking about the clone troopers all being eliminated by the end of the season, and somehow that got us to this. I'm not sure how now. Well, maybe if I re-listen to the episode and then like write it off on the board, then we'll see where we uh, went off uh, off script or off point. Okay, so the uh, sum- summary of it is uh, wars tearing the galaxy apart, trapped in their benefactor's tightening grasp, the Ursos must untangle Krennic's web of deception to save themselves and the galaxy itself. So that's talking about the Clone Wars? Yeah, it, it starts near the end of the Clone Wars. It, it's a good book. It gives a lot of character development. That's a great book. That's, I, I don't know why they don't do more books like that that are explicitly prequel or sequel to the movies or the shows. Well, right? they did do like a Rise of Skywalker comic prequel, but it did, it did not do anything. Like to help that out. But like the novels tend to like, like even like Aftermath, which was a direct sequel, I guess, to Return of the Jedi. But eh, like, like Catalyst is like all the same characters. Like Krennic's in there. The Ursos are in there. Yep. It's the it's it's a it's like it's like literally like a prequel story with the same characters. I and think the I don't know that they just don't do that enough. I don't think that's my take on it anyway. Hmm. Like what? I really like the idea of like using the books to, to explain tell. what you can't in the movies. Yeah, yeah, or like or like give it backstory or like like even like Bloodline, like mm-hmm. great build up to the sequel trilogy, like mm-hmm. and to Leia's story, like really interesting story. But like sometimes I feel like that the books tend to like I think in the past because I think I think maybe more in the past like in Legends it just became. Right, there was so much content that it couldn't all be directly tied to, to the stories in the in the movies or whatever. But mm-hmm. the the one thing I do I love about this book is it really goes into the construction of the Death Star and how much uh, Galen there. So his research was like really needed. Right. I, I like I like I like the, the I, uh, I I was talking to a friend of, of that that I used to work with at Barnes and Noble. And he said that like somebody he knows was in school. Like they did like an actual, like, um, like they tried to do an as, as real world as possible study on like, um, like what, how much would it actually cost to build the death star? Like what would be the economic and, and, and ecological impact of if that actually was a thing, mm-hmm. which is totally utterly impossible. Right. It would just, it would be like, but, um, and I love that robot chicken, you know, where like when 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 Palpatine finds out that the the Death Star got destroyed, and he's like, you know, how am I gonna finance that? You know, like, you got an ATM on that, yeah, that box of yours, right? <laughs> like, but like, there's so many things in Star Wars that are just kind of like, you know, like we will build this giant thing. Well, how on earth did you like, you know, like so getting something like where it kind of feels like there's actually like a plausible set of details that can tell a story like that give you a little bit of background to that is super interesting like Mm -hmm. and like 
and like the whole concept of like um like it has a very um like uh project paperclip or like um or like the story of the nuclear bomb you know like we're like the scientists are always mm. kind of caught in the middle right like, it's like yep. they're just like like it's very realistic right like that and like and i like that's one of the things i loved in rogue one like that scene where they march the scientists out and like you can and like that whole idea that like they're they're not really true believers of the empire they're just like, paid to do a job yeah and they're yeah. and they're like probably all really have mixed feelings and i mean obviously galen embodies that right like he's he's trying to be true to his conscience while he does his work um and like and how like and like how like like even like in like uh, i heard that this is what the indiana jones the new indiana jones movie is going to be about project paperclip which is about the the recruiting of nazi scientists by the united states after world war ii and that Mads oh, mickelson is actually going to play okay. a nazi scientist <laughs> that's what i've heard so oh. um, maybe we'll get um What's his face from uh, that? Who worked with the Red Skull? Oh, uh, <laughs> do, do, do. oh, Doctor, like the Marvel character, yeah, do, oh, Doctor. Okay. What's his face? All right, that concludes our episode here today, discussing Common Ground, the episode ten of season one of the Bad Batch. We will be back next week with another edition of our discussion of the Bad Batch. So thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. Always. Always.